Let's do it. <laughs> Welcome to Sincere Tweets, everybody. It's my name is Duncan Carson. I'm here with uh, Andrew Murphy. Say hello. What's up, dude? Uh, you just did a set at the Fallout Theater. How'd it go? I think uh, good, and then it kind of dovetailed into mediocre, and then dipped into bad for a second. And then I pulled myself out with uh, one of the jokes I've been doing way too much, and I just, you know, kind of just went into rehearsal mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, you like? I feel like at any time I used to have like a go-to like closer. Yeah. But I think now it's kind of like I have a go-to like whatever my current bit is that's like super old, but I'm like I still want to do it. Yeah. So it kind of like a ripcord, especially at like sure thing when I'm like, oh, they're not liking the new stuff. Well, yeah. here's this. You know what I mean? Right. As if you're like Paul McCartney or something, and you're like, fine, I'll play with. All like right, I'll do the hentai joke. <laughs> I mean, we put on Facebook that we're not doing this song anymore. <laughs> Is it the hentai joke? It was the hentai joke, yeah. And how'd that feel? Felt fine, but it's even like, <laughs> I mean, it didn't feel, it felt, if I'm being real, felt like nothing. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but it, you know, it's just, re- I know it so well, I could do it in my sleep. Yeah. But like, that's the thing is like, you know, the audience can kind of smell it on you when you're doing something that you're tired of. Mm-hmm. I feel like so. They still like didn't give it what it could have gotten if I was actually yeah putting my heart into it, you know. And I think up top I was like trying to just riff a little bit, and it's just more fun because I'm like, oh, this is novel, yeah. you know. I love riffing. Yes, <laughs> oh, riff raff. I I love when you like my favorite is when I think of a delightful tangent, and the crowd's like, nah, we're not we're not oh, on board for this. But you're like, guys, I'm just here for me. Yeah, you know. Sometimes I'm the only one having fun, and then sometimes even I'm not <laughs> with the riffing. You know? Do you find like, because like my go-to thing when I said is like flagging, and I'm kind of somewhere I'm like, I know what you fuckers want. Is I have this old bit about like a survey in Esquire magazine. Oh, okay. Where it's like they ask men, "Do you ever have trouble getting an erection?" Yeah. Most men said, "Absolutely not." I remember this one. I make fun of that mindset, and that part of it is kind of like, well, you know, yeah. but. Five or six years ago, I tagged it with a real thing that happened where like the, our local news anchor was in the crowd and we had a back and forth. So now it's like a four minute, thing, a three minute thing. But the second half is like still a fun story to tell. So the, the material has, has like evolved yeah. in a way that it feels less rote than just like, well, here it is from this perspective in my life. Yeah. And do, do you find your material like evolves as you as you like cycle it? Yeah, for sure. Back through. For sure. Yeah. I mean, um, that's like what I'll do. And I can't just think of a new idea. I'll just be like, all right, let's dust this thing off <laughs> and uh, see if it still has legs. And then like a lot of times I'm like, I feel like I just naturally come upon new tags or like, you know, new tangents. Cause it's like, I'm so tired of the, or I'm like kind of embarrassed by the joke. I'm like, man, I wrote this when I was uh, so yeah. undeveloped, like this probably isn't even good. So I kind of have to like, almost like stall i'm like all right let's like go off here and talk about this let's add that mm-hmm. let's see if we can spruce it up i love that stuff right? sometimes it sometimes it works out well you know because i was, you know what i was in the middle of the esquire boner joke mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago months ago whatever and it just in the middle of it i was like because like it's not all about staying hard the whole time fellas sometimes <laughs> sometimes you just kind of give up you're like well, i guess tonight's not the night uh. and then what it does happen and it's the best sex you ever had yeah. And like this did better than the whole like old stale boner joke. 
Right. Yeah. You they, just got to be willing to like wear that old mask in a way. Which is a great way to think about erections, you know, where it's <laughs> like, you know, Michael Jordan was great because of the the bad games too, you know? Like if he was always exactly. just putting up the flu, the game six with the flu or game five with the flu, <laughs> then it would just diminish it. If he made it a hundred percent of his shots, it would just be not. Yeah. Yeah. It would be like that, that fictional baseball player that threw like 112 Right. And it's just like nobody can hit it. You're like, well, that's boring. Well, that sucks. How you, you managed to make baseball more boring. <laughs> Scientists have been trying to do this for years. And it's, it turns out it's just the better you are at it, the worse it gets. Like baseball is the only sport that tries to get more boring compared yeah. to the other ones. They like, they, it's like a challenge for them. Oh, we'll get more boring. Guess what? Check it out. No hitter. You know, <laughs> that's like the best kind of game <laughs> is where nobody hits a ball. It's like it's like news if, if someone pitches a no hitter. That is kind of counterintuitive. Right. Anyway, I thought this would be an interesting time to, to pick your brain. Yeah. Hear it. Here at the end of uh, perhaps your reign is the funniest person. In oh, Austin, my God. Which is just like, can we brass talks? How sick of that sort of running bit? <sighs> You know, you? it's like, uh, oh, so sick of it, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. it's like, you know, uh, the, in There Will Be Blood, mm-hmm. the film There Will Be Blood. Of course. You know, um, it, when I won it, I was at, like, the peak, like, Daniel Plainview's peak, you know, when they April, first strike oil, his son April loses his hearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, now I'm at the part where he's, like, sitting on his uh, banquet hall floor shooting bottles with a rifle. Like, yeah. I'm just like, dude, get me out of this shit. Uh, I, I, but, I mean, I, I don't say that in a uh, any kind of, like, pessimistic way towards the actual thing. But it just it feels like it just has lost more meaning as time has gone on and things have changed so much. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready. And I, at this point I'm like, I hope they do the contest so I can host uh, a couple of the shows and make pretty easy money. <laughs> it's just they're, like, they're very fun gigs is my understanding. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually. Cause like one of the rare and for anyone who doesn't know, we're talking about the funniest person in Austin contest, which Andrew won in May, 2019 and then would have normally in due course, no longer been the title holder of without the pandemic. Yeah. But it's been two and a half years now. Or two, yeah. two and a little bit. And um but yeah, that's the 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 host when they re when they host a night. Yeah. I think it's I wish there were other shows where you get to open with like ten and then come back at the end and just be like, No, let's hang out, yeah. folks. You no, know? you start with ten minutes, you're drunk then. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then <laughs> you're literally just going up in between every comic and just going, Okay, that was Ashley, who gives a shit? Yeah. Give it up for uh Stuart, who cares? Oh. And then you uh and and by the end the Oklahoma who cares is uh, Yeah, yeah. And then at the end dumb bit. <laughs> you go up and you have to just stall mm-hmm. while the judges pick who goes through and that's i mean that's the part i'm looking forward to yeah because we're talking about uh, as someone who is starting to hate his own jokes the idea of just getting to go up and stall for a little bit just (laughs) just pluckered out of my mind you know i've seen a lot of different approaches to it too yeah like uh mac blake had a whole like presentation with the screen one year and matt bearden just started talking to the crowd you know you'll find your thing yeah yeah Mine will be less prepared than both of those somehow. <laughs> but, <laughs> but an analogy I make all the time is like, I don't really celebrate my birthday because I'm an adult, but also like to do, you know, I do this, the stand-up thing. So I get to do the like, everybody clap for me, you know, like, like it's just, I can 
I can tap into that energy whenever I want. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I did a I did a show last Saturday at Speakeasy. Have you done Oh yeah, yeah. Where you like that second floor means you can't hear the crowd. Yeah. There's people up there and it, it was packed. They were going great. And visually I'm like, I understand this is going well, but I can't hear you. This is like purgatory to me. Do you guys understand? And the crowd just like gave me a round of applause because they were like, We here here you go. Yeah. So like I don't need to have a birthday party. But this FPA thing, it's kind of like it's been your birthday for three years. That's that's even sadder than the <laughs> there will be blood analogy, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't least, like my least, actual birthday. At least you're a millionaire in that one. Oh, I know, know, right? Yeah. yeah. This is like if, this is like the kind of birthday where it's just you and your parents, you know, and mm-hmm. they take you. I, well, I mean, no, it, <laughs> like I'm talking about it like it's been like this bad thing. It really hasn't, but it just feels like so much. You know, it's been like a pandemic and a half since that yeah. uh, since that happened. It feels like it's from a different dimension of time at this yeah. point. Yeah, and the, well, it's like it's like obviously it's a good problem to have. Totally. And uh, I'm I'm good buddies with John Mendoza. Your yeah, your he won the year before your, I won. Your predecessor. Yeah, there it is. Nailed it. Uh, I just described the word, and you, <laughs> you actually you got it. You got through describing it faster than I thought of it. I alley ooped so it to you. I feel yeah. like it's a point to you. All right. But even with, he had a regular year, but after the first couple of months, he was like, yeah, now it's just kind of like an albatross. Yeah. A little bit of like, you always get brought up that way. Yeah. And uh, it creates a certain expectation maybe. Yeah. I mean, Jake tonight, the host of the show, Jake was like. I, I, I couldn't help but notice you were last. I bet that's been happening. I went last. Relatively yeah. consistently. Because they just assume that I'm going to be better than anyone else on the show, which I, I don't know if you've been watching my sets lately. It's just <laughs> not true. I'd rather go first. I'd rather have to not live up to anybody. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, you get brought up last. But he was like, he was asking me, like, what credits do you want? And I just, I was just kind of like, I just don't, I don't know. And then I kind of like, Eventually, I, I thought of a show that I'm hosting soon, but on a lot of other shows, the host will ask that. I'll say, just just bring me up with whatever. I don't care. And then they'll kind of like wait for a second and look at me and I'm like, funniest person Austin. Uh, yeah, funniest person yeah. Austin. Is the thing. You know, it's just because like, yeah, you got to say something. I mean, yeah. uh, but man, nothing gets people's arms crossed quicker. <laughs> like the funny, like the word funniest is so yeah. uh, like audacious to just... To just be like the funniest person in a huge body of people. I feel like in adult, like once you're out of high school and you you you're not subject to like uh, most likely to be president or you know yeah. funny your class clown or whatever. I feel like comedy is the one thing where it's like we have our own superlatives that <laughs> just yeah. to, just to mess with people. Yeah, just to create that sort of like well, I thought I you know well I thought I could be class clown. I mean, even to just get like abstract with it, it's like the word funniest Mm -hmm. feels very anti-comedy. It's like feels like anti-comedy, not in a way of like alt comedy, anti-comedy, but literally like it's the opposite. Mm -hmm. It's like Mm -hmm. the void of comedy because we all, a lot of comedians do this as like a reaction, uh, like a rebellious kind of thing. Like, yeah, I might not be the best or I might not be, I was never like, you know, cl- uh, you know, prom king or whatever. But I, I can do this comedy thing. Like it's fun yeah, and people yeah, yeah. enjoy it. And so once you put a label on it, I think sometimes it does pe- take people's heads out of it for for sometimes that reason, even mm-hmm. if they don't realize it. You know, right, right, right. It's like, oh wow, you won. You're like the king of laughter. Okay, dude. <laughs> All right, take it easy. 
Um, so, and, and maybe I'm just uh, projecting. Yeah. Like maybe these are just thoughts that live in my head. Just, but you've just had to live with it a little too long. For sure. And it's, it's, it was great. Like it, it was a great experience and I still like look at it fondly. Um, but it doesn't feel like it's like traveled with me as I've grown since then. I feel like I've, I've still had to run in. It, does that make sense? Um, yeah. I, especially with like cap closed and like yeah. the, the normal course of like, yeah, you know, cause well, you know, the, the whole summer after I'm sure you like did more shows than average. Totally. Right. It was but, a. Uh, it was the best summer of my entire life, um, and also the worst in some ways. Because you know, you give a broke guy three thousand dollars, oh, no. and all of a sudden, I think I'm, uh, you know, just the king of the town over here. <laughs> uh, I ran out of that money quicker than anything I've ever run out of in my life. Yeah. Um, not that you know. So it, it was great, and then it was also just like once the summer was over, and I was kind of broke again, and you just run into the same problems you have with mm -hmm. comedy. Which are fun problems sometimes. It's like that. That's why we do this. You you gotta like find out how to to, to get over those humps. But um, it, it didn't feel like as I've like grown since then. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like something that it doesn't. You can't take it with you. I guess is like what I'm trying to say. Um, so yeah, but I. It was awesome. It yeah. was cool. Well, like, like, I'm not going to act like it wasn't the coolest night of my entire life. It's kind of like I think everything becomes. Uh, like once you disentangle it from the hierarchy of like, oh, what do I, what can this get me? And like, what's the next step on the, on the, on the thing? And, and obviously there's still like, we're, we're both speaking from a place of, of being lucky enough to like do the moon towers and, and yeah. punch and like all this stuff that there was to do when we started whenever. Um, but at some point you're like, well, that, that's just a good memory regardless of where it led or you know what i yeah. did with the three grand or whatever it's still a net positive experience to tell jokes totally in front of four or five hundred people in the totally. finals you know it, it felt great it yeah. was just like uh it, it was like a fair i felt like ferris bueller when he's in the parade in that movie you know and he's mm -hmm. just like everyone's like watching him yeah, yeah it was like that level of <laughs> just uh of irrational confidence um so it, yeah it was it was awesome you know um, and it's, it's cool. It, it did bring a lot of opportunities too. like, you know, I got to do like JFL. Yeah. Um, which I always like to like, just joke anytime anyone even mentions anything related to Canada. I'm like, Oh, poutine. I actually had a lot of that when I was, uh, on, uh, right. just for last so new faces, like, the prestigious festival in Canada. Not a big deal. Montreal. Canada. Yeah. Montreal, Montreal. And, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of poutine up there. It, it was mm. sweet bien or something. I don't even know how to speak, uh, okay. French, but it's like, I, when I did that festival, which kind of derived from like the funniest person in Austin win, mm -hmm. I got there and that was kind of a wake up call for me because it's like all of this uh, this chest pumping kind of confidence I had from that. Yeah, you get there and you realize like that doesn't matter. You just have to be. You have to do the job. Mm -hmm. Like you don't you you don't get to take that accomplishment. And then attach it to this new thing in any way. You you're kind of you're still starting from ground from from like a the the ground floor, um, mm -hmm. which was like a cool learning experience. I, it's one of those things I look back. I'm like, man, I wish I could have done that, knowing that's what it would have felt like. Because I I don't think I performed as well as I could have or whatever. Yeah, it was fun, yeah, but yeah. it's got to be yeah. hard to just go. Because like I've done a few festivals that are just like crazy experiences at the indie. You know, like Bloomington, Indiana level. It's just you're you're in a new city. Yeah, you're staying in a hotel, whatever. And you're just like, oh my god, I'm so, I'm here to do this. Am I really doing this? Oh my god. Yeah. 
And with all that industry surrounding you and stuff, it's got to be such a head trip. It was kind of scary, man. Yeah. I, th- I think the overall feeling when I think back on that is fear, like real palpable fear. <laughs> palpable, sure. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, I, it, but it was good. It like really put you put me in a spot where I'm like, this is like the jungle and like you got to, it doesn't mean that you can't have fun with people and have a good time, yeah. but it also means like you have to be on the lookout. You have to be on your shit. Mm-hmm. You can't just coast on an accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. Like that just fades in any industry, you know, it, not just stand up, but mm-hmm. especially something that's as competitive as this. Yeah, it ultimately just becomes about the work itself, which I've always loved your bits, dude. Thanks, man. You know, like especially I was I was driving up to the theater here thinking about it is like I wasn't sure how to put it exactly, but I feel like you inhabit a space that I'm very comfortable in of like this this the the narrow sensory experience of life and how just mystifying that can be as if you're constantly oh. tripping on LSD that that you're not aware you've been given that's like the most elaborate description of my comedy i've ever heard i appreciate it though well like all the time i think about an early joke of yours where you're uh you start choking while watching a youtube video i did that one tonight it bombed but yes <laughs> well they were wrong they were wrong because man. just the, the you're like you know the first thing i did is pause the video yeah it's a great bit and uh and like you know i have a lot of stuff on the theme of like it feels like my first day having a human body all the time so like yeah. those little weird mechanical foibles yeah and just your tone of of kind of like a relatable everything sort of difficult but but, yeah. But you're not aggrieved about it. Do you know what I mean? Right, yeah. right. I'm incredibly uncomfortable all the time, but I'm I'm comfortable with how uncomfortable I am. Yes. Yeah. I've like just I've learned to live in that space and make it my own little cozy hub, I guess. I, I, I that's kind of how I feel where I'm just like, yeah, you're always going to feel weird at parties, but <laughs> you know, that's just feel weird. Just let yourself feel weird. Notice how it feels. Uh, take note of it. Yeah. That's cool, man. You described my comedy like it was like a pitchfork review. That's awesome. That's <laughs> like a but I mean do you do you feel like you also like uh you know write jokes like that or is you know is it, or do you feel like you have a different way of looking at stuff? Uh I I think that's exactly where I'm coming from. Gotcha. And uh I mean lately lately I'll I'll try to be a little broader in scope than I think I would have been capable of a long time ago. Yeah, you know, like get to just get just. I like to hint around the edges of these these topical horrible issues that are happening, but not. I'm not here to bum anybody out. Yeah. Do you have any bits about the pandemic, like at all? I did. I I did. I, I haven't really done them in a while because it feels very passe so, in a weird way. It's yeah. It's like it's so hard to get a gauge on. Like every time I bring any aspect of it up, the crowd's like, "No, thank you." <laughs> you you can yeah. you can feel the energy in the room just. Yeah. It's so tough, but it's so ever present. There's so much to talk about. The, the pandemic is like a relationship that where where you like tried to be the person you were dating, and you were just like a different person. You know, you ever look back yes. on a relationship, yeah. and you're like, remember when I was just wearing cardigans all the time? I'm not a cardigan guy. What the fuck? What the fuck? And I was like going, yeah, I was going putt putt golfing. I hate that shit. You know, and you're just like, it, the pandemic feels like that, where it's just like a different uh, time in your life that feels so unnatural and like it doesn't it's not like something you can like revisit you can but it's it it, revisiting it feels just like kind of almost more awkward than anything when i Mm -hmm. think about like what 
it was and and how we acted. Um, I do think right after the pandemic, like when we were just coming out of lockdown, was yeah. actually weirdly like a really good time to do jokes about that. that. Yeah, there was. I had some fun in like last last summer. I want to say summer twenty twenty one. There was there was some appetite for pandemic related bits for sure, especially when we thought it was just like one big curve that we were finally past. Or right. Whatever. Or that once once it was over, there'd be no more problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was like a real groupthink kind of thing going on. We were like, right? once I can go outside, uh, evil will be uh, abolished. Right? Just, just, that's, yeah, I think that was the big, to look back in the early days and be like, how much of a like, wow, when this is all over <sighs> attitude did I have? And if. I wish I could go back and be like, just settle in for the long yeah. haul now. Yeah. This is probably the rest of forever. Yeah. This is but a footnote <laughs> to what <laughs> is about to happen. <laughs> Before and after. It's like 9-11, but every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least 9-11 was just a day, and then we got like some cool albums and movies out of it. <laughs> just saying that the other day. Like, you know, well, at least 9-11 was just like one and done. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't overstay its welcome. Right. Made a, made the most of its 15 minutes. It uh, really came in and just made a splash. My uh, my partner Mary the other day. You know, you know, we've been dating a couple of years and she's like she's a musician. Yeah. And every musician is of course always harbored like maybe I'll do comedy someday. Yeah. And I I you know, I I did the other thing. I do music. So she wrote something down finally that I think I would take it if you know what I mean? Like I would actually use it. Uh, where she's like, I think it's like you know they had, they have a metric system over here. We use different stuff in America. We only use like feet or whatever, and we measure deaths in nine elevens. <laughs> was that was like we only met when we? Does any other country use tragedies to be like this new thing in the news is only three Chernobyls? So who cares? Yeah, yeah. Our our ease with which we're now three thousand ish people yeah. is a nine eleven. Yeah. is kind of terrifying. It was half a holocaust worth of people. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Nobody says three million is half a holocaust. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is wild. It like it, it rebranded death. That's yeah. how big it was. Mm -hmm. It became a standard unit of mass death. Yeah, I was doing a bit for a while that it doesn't translate at all anymore, but it's just about... And it also didn't translate really then, <laughs> but it sometimes would do okay, <laughs> yeah. where it was just talking about how... Uh, people almost like when the pandemic happened, every 9-11, there's a couple 9-11s just at the, at the peak of the pandemic. Yeah. It felt like everyone on Facebook was like pontificating about how, oh, you think 9-11 was bad? Look how many people have died from the pandemic, from COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And I, the whole bit was just me being like, you know, that's disrespectful to 9-11. Like that 9-11 was like my Beatles, okay? I'm sorry <laughs> if you have your new fancy like pandemic, but like... Why do we have to have this like LeBron James versus Michael Jordan of tragedies? Okay. Mm -hmm. They're both great in their own way. You yeah. know, if you want to talk numbers, the pandemic is better, but it's not all about stats, right? It's not, <laughs> it's, it's, not a, it's, it's like weird, messed up human algebra to be doing. Yeah. Cause now it's like, why don't these mass shootings ever bother us? It's only like 0 0.03 of a 9-11. So, right. You know, right. Yeah, weird, weird point to be making. Weird stuff, but I feel like it's that we're guilty of that person to person, but also the news likes to be like, more people have died in the pandemic than the Civil War, and you're like, 
All right. Okay. I bet more people would die in a new civil war. That's yeah. a meaningless comparison. Are you trying to start another civil war? Is this like a competition? <laughs> We're about to have one, if you know what I mean. Um, would oh, you yeah. Would you join a new civil war? I don't think I'd have a choice. <laughs> I don't think that's how civil wars work. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. 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 But but if I had a choice, no. That's like yeah. yeah. We're, there's a civil war happening, but. You can be a conscientious objector. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, I'll come off the bench. Not even <laughs> yeah. a reserve. I'll just like Right. If it's if it gets bad, you can know. Be like a radar guy. Uh, sure. Still do radar stuff. Yeah, is there like a tower I can be in where I'm like over it and I'm like talking to a guy like, uh oh, looks like from the north we got a battalion coming. Or I'll could, be that guy. Is there still like a propaganda department? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I we, could do that. We could work there. Yeah. I'm good at promo, uh, you know? <laughs> we, could, we could work on like a Frank Capra type of propaganda yeah, movie. I can put together a show poster pretty good, <laughs> you know? I think that would translate. Do you do your own show posters? I do, nice. yeah. It's fun, man. I have a little... Uh, I use like a the GoDaddy studio okay. for all you poster nerds out there. It's really good. I use the... I, you know, it's like 15 bucks a month, but it's totally worth it. It's really cool. They, they make templates for you that you can just steal. Oh, nice. Like, I do a show called uh, Hot Take Olympics, and I just, they just had like a template that's like royalty free. Mm -hmm. And I just use that. And like, people are always like, man, that's how do you, I didn't know you knew how to draw a tiger or something. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, yeah, it's just like, from scratch. It's weird. It's the only thing I can draw really good. Wasn't even looking at a tiger. Yeah, yeah. I use that. I use paint.net if anyone's out there. Paint.net. It's like a shareware sort of Photoshop. Okay. So, it's fun. I've, I've discovered, I think the thing I really enjoy about comedy anymore is just making posters. I don't even like doing it that much. <laughs> <laughs> I like making a cool kick-ass poster. You know what troubles me is um, the prevalence of terrible posters, even at the very top of the industry. Yeah. It's just a bummer. Yeah, you're like, what is there, 19 people on this show? Right. Like, and why are they all pretending to strangle themselves with the mic cord or whatever? They're always like, I just feel like, it's like, oh, it's like, it'll be like a JFL thing or like, yeah. you know, or just, just whatever it is. And it's like, hey, we're, this is like a cool art form and this is the best of the best. What if it's just a bunch of headshots side by side? Yeah. Who cares? And then an old timey radio microphone, not even <laughs> yeah, the ones we use. Right? Like, what is this, the Royal Rumble from the 50s? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, you could, like, why do they, I feel like, yeah, comedy posters always have to remind people what comedy is. There's like, all right, there's a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah They yeah. look kind of quirky, kind of goofy, you know? And then there's a microphone, and we'll see what happens. Mac Blake likes to give us shit because we don't have the word comedy on the sure thing flyers. Yeah. I think people get it. I think people know what they're going to. I also, I've had this problem with movie posters for a long time. Because it's like, it's a movie with a $100 million budget, all these famous people in it, and they're like, for the poster, let's just awkwardly Photoshop them next to each other. Like, it'll be clearly fake. Yeah. The guy will be crossing his arms, the chick will be like leaning into him, kind of, with her back to his shoulder. Just do a photo shoot. You're killing me. Yeah. Yep. Catherine Zeta-Jones is what that makes me think of. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's every movie she's been in. She's always kind of just like, oh. I bet you're thinking of the intolerable cruelty. That's probably all it is. <laughs> I can picture that in my mind. Yeah, what a weird poll. But yeah, you're exactly right. You're 100% right. Zeta the Coen Brothers' worst movie. Zeta Jones and Clooney. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Man, movies. How bad are movies, huh? I'm officially that guy. 
Your movies are bad now? No, no, not not just like in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> like in the you know, in the long tail of time, they've been pretty good. There's been some good ones. I just mean I'm officially like a crusty moviegoer guy. I'm just like movies ah, suck. Okay. You gotta watch this obscure one. Marvel's ruining cinema. Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they don't make them like they used to. I will say, like, I have been a lifelong moviegoer. Like, I just yeah. love, love to go by myself. In the beginning, the pandemic really hurt. Totally. Because, like, that habit got thrown off. But as it's come back, there's not a lot to see often these days. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's tough. I feel like it's, you know what? It's frustrating because I feel like they are capable of making great movies still. Like they have the people involved in these things are great minds and they have like these, you know, uh, their instincts are probably pure, but it's just, you know, it all gets bogged down. I'm just, I've become a cynic, a cynic a little bit. You know? I, feel, I feel like what it is, is like we live in this weird sort of middle ground between the quote unquote golden age of TV and then like the old movie system. So like now if they, I feel like if there's a really good idea for something. It gets turned into like an eight-hour miniseries that could have just been a great movie, dude. Yeah, I, you're so right. Like, I don't know what this thing is. It's odd because people will bitch about like a two and a half-hour movie, and I'm that person sometimes because I, I do yeah. feel like sometimes it's just too long. The new Batman was too long. It was too long. I'll fight Everybody somebody. out there saying it's not too long, stop. It was. It was too long. Cut thirty minutes. Not at too least. long to stream in in pieces yeah. on HBO Max but at a movie theater yeah no thank you and there and then I yeah I brought that argument up just to sidetrack to that cuz I brought that argument up to people yeah and they're like well, whatever. It's a Batman movie. I'm like, yeah, then make it more interesting. Get a better movie. I am not against the idea of a three-hour Batman movie. If you yeah. made The Dark Knight 30 minutes longer mm -hmm. and had a couple more Joker scenes, I'm on board like you wouldn't believe. Talk to the Joker all day. But why is it all so boring? It sucks. <laughs> why, did you, why did you make it that way? I tried to rewatch it, and even just like the opening shot takes too long it's just for like you don't know who the dude is spying on i'm like i'm not on board with this yeah yeah have you seen uh the show severance on apple tv no nah, i've heard i gotta watch it i've heard so much i, I always i get that in succession confused which is also a good show and i always feel like people are like talking about succession i'm like yeah it's great, great show yeah great but show. i haven't seen severance i don't want to i don't want to put a bug in your ear yeah but it was something that i was like this should have been a movie this, yeah this took nine this took seven additional hours of my yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I yeah. and I, I fucking, I want to set the record straight. Like, I love <laughs> movies because I feel like I came out swinging. Like, movies, the art form, movies the are medium bad. is bad. Yeah. No, I love movies. I movies are and really I, not aged well. Yeah, no. <laughs> I do. I don't understand the divide between like how people don't have the attention span for movies anymore. But the like you said, they'll watch. A show that is needlessly twelve episodes. You're gonna watch, you're gonna watch six hours of the undoing. Shut right, up. right. Get out of here. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna undo this show. You know. <laughs> gonna undo. Yeah. Hugh Grant's weird old face. Yeah. Oh man, that guy's still doing stuff. Um, <laughs> but like, I watched that show about the uh, what was it called? The girl from Plainville. Um, it didn't make a huge splash, probably because it was way too long of a show, but. It's about it's a true story about that girl that who convinced, convinced her boyfriend to kill himself. kill himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, if you parse out every detail of that story, it's still a two-hour movie at yeah. the longest. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know how I just described what happened? Yeah. That is what happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, that's it. I watched eight episodes for them to be like, 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we looked into it, and not much else there. That's like, you know, the vow. This is, it's doubly true, I feel like, for documentaries right now, where they're like, yeah. oh, it's got to be a one season. I'm like, nope. No. The McDonald's scheme thing they tried to stretch out. I'm like, I'm just going to Wikipedia this. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're killing me. Yeah. This has become a real. The, you have made, hour. at best, a party <laughs> anecdote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With, a, with your girlfriend's boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) you have stretched it into just abnormally long that's it makes me think of uh lisa and karina's podcast like you've turned a cool brunch anecdote into 10 hours of content that wastes everybody's time yeah 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 knock it off streaming services i I'm, i'm with you man i don't know what this thing is where we have to and it also just it removes anything abstract or anything like kind of fun and mystifying about mm-hmm. the story. It yeah. just removes all of it because it's like, we have to find every single detail. And then some. And then sometimes they add shit that's completely unnecessary and probably not true. Like, yeah. in The Girl from Plainville, there's like multiple musical numbers <laughs> like throughout where they just break. It's like, it's like surrealism kind of shit uh, where they just break into song yeah. for no reason. It's like, you guys. This sucks. Yeah. There's no one in the editing room like, hey, maybe this isn't a musical. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Also, like, that's like that real person is currently in prison, right? Like, I think she's out now. I think she served some time. She's out in the world yeah, and like probably but, younger than we are. Yeah, but yeah. the guy who killed himself's family, they're like, really? You did a you did a like choir version of Teenage Dirtbag. Oh. <laughs> that's that's a real thing that happens. Oh my god! It's just like why? Yeah. So yeah, man, I'm I'm like a cranky old man now when it comes to uh. To, to media but it's also it's people always do that thing where you, you complain about like movies and tv and they're like well you make one and it's just like well you know i would like to you know do I, you harbor those ambitions uh do i harbor what do you have ideas that you want to make yeah yeah i yeah. like i'm writing a screenplay right now you know like Hell in my yeah. free time it's like super fun but I'm, I'm also very aware that like this shit is way more difficult than it looks when you're just sitting there watching mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I also don't like that defense people have because it's like, well, the whole reason you make something is so that people watch it and they can perceive it how they like. And and just like anyone can say that was fucking awesome. Yeah. When Thor grabbed a hammer and fought the fucking Falcon guy, I can be like, uh, I thought it was lame. And uh, <laughs> I well, think I mean, it's... I feel like it's, it's, like it's very... Um, we've been conditioned by like all of our devices and stuff to be like, cause like that any sort of representation of reality is like, here's how I feel about shit. Yeah. And you're like, okay. But I mean like, that's like, I love movies. I'm still yeah. going to see them. I see all the Marvel stuff. Yeah. But I would, I would be remiss if I disagreed that there has not been a general shift in the sort of movies that are being made. Yeah. And the experience of going to the theater and just seeing what's, what's randomly playing. Yeah. And like, another thing is like, Having the ambition to do it yourself doesn't like mean you can't. Yeah, it actually makes it more fun for me because I I saw like the like a, the Ryan Reynolds free guy. Yeah, like just killing time on a Tuesday afternoon, and very quickly in the movie, I'm like, I'm just gonna decide how I would write this differently. Sure, yeah, <laughs> and that was fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had a good time at the movies because I'm like, oh, they had like 
70% of a movie here and just didn't yeah. write the rest of it. Yeah. You're, D- you're a good, good effort game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, yeah. right. And it's like, and it's like you, when you kind of like peek behind like the process into to making anything, yeah. you, you start to realize like how many uh, like bear traps there are along the way to making <laughs> yeah. something great. And so it's like, I never even judge even Marvel movies, which have been taking a beating for me. Like I get like, even those, like I feel like the filmmakers genuinely want to make like a good product and mm-hmm. something that's like artistically valid too. So it's not like, you know, but there's just so many things that can stop it from happening. And it's like the, the machine is the real enemy and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a part of me, I've just been watching a lot of nineties movies lately and I'm like, sure. this is, is it not the best era of movies? I feel like it was. It was just the perfect. Hmm, the era from when you were a child. <laughs> is this the SNL theory? What are where the it's odds? like, yeah, it's yeah. Bit, I, it was. I couldn't not bring it up. But. Yeah, but but I mean, I, I think the two thousands are more that for me. I I think I started watching nineties movies when I became like a film snob in my my teens. I think, yeah, I, I think the nineties were a real high watermark for like the mid budget, right? Movie of any sort. Really? Yeah. So like weird sort of like small thrillers or indie movies and a lot more variety than you've seen lately. Yeah. yeah. And they were all like that, man, they just really valued like a good screenplay. Like you could just see how like the story. I feel like I watched like, you know, Silence of the Lambs or like Pulp Fiction or mm-hmm. I watched um, Before Sunrise recently for sure. the first time, the, the Linklater movie. You hadn't seen that? I hadn't seen. It. I actually watched. I binged the whole uh, trilogy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, amazing, mind blowing. Love Linklater. Shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I love Linklater too. And he's like a perfect example where it's like, man, he really just puts care into like every word they're saying, every turn, every plot twist. Like, mm-hmm. and it's like it, there's just like a lot of uniqueness from that era that you still see sometimes today. Like, no question. But yeah. Um, I hope I, I would love to get back to an era where like people are like, oh, let's go see that movie that is not like a franchise. Let's go see some. It's just like cool idea that is compelling, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get back to that, but. I, I just think it'll be a while before we get like more than three a year. You know what I mean? Right, right. Where it's like, oh, you know, every now and then there's an everything everywhere all at once. or Right. You know, like something small and really cool. A24 has been the most reliable. Yeah, totally. You know, indie anything lately, but that's a good point. They are they they do absolutely still make movies like that. Um, but uh, and it's also just like the zeitgeist is not. It's so splintered now. There's just like a million things that you can watch and do all the time. Yeah. So it's like no one's ever just like you can't just go to a party and be like everything all at once all the time or whatever that movie's called and everyone just knows what you're talking about that's what it is we are now thoroughly in the era of the like you have to ask if anyone's seen it first yeah you're like have you you seen it yet have you yeah uh, and this especially when there's like something actually good nobody wants to spoil it either so it's very like yeah we've all uh, we've all been we all get there in six months from now and then we can talk about it We've all been in that conversation with, with, with where it's like literally ten minutes of just moving from one movie or show to another because not enough people have seen it. Yeah. And so it's like, all right, now your turn to describe something we haven't seen <laughs> and tell us it's great, and then that'll remind me of something that you guys haven't seen at all, and then right. just <laughs> and then you just end up talking about whatever the weather or whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 interesting. I uh, do you do you ever have any like movie aspirations or anything outside of stand up where it's like, oh, I, I, maybe I'm good at this, you know? I do. I yeah. I I 
keep myself real busy lately. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing? What am I doing? You know, I've got music stuff I'm always sort of working on. That's right. But nothing really comes out, so don't don't hold your breath. Uh, <laughs> uh, my partner actually has a, a musical act that I've been playing some drums for, so that's fun. That rules. We did South by Southwest. What? Which was very surreal. I'm a drummer too, man. Yeah? Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Let's see? Now we know. There's a strong drummer to stand up crossover mm-hmm. energy. I this is the like. first real creative thing I poured my whole time into. Like I got a drum set when I was 16. Yeah. And you can goof around for a long time. But uh, lately I actually started writing. It's something that I want to be like some other sort of narrative thing eventually, like filmed or yeah. maybe an audio sketch even. But for the short, just to get the idea out of my head, I was like, I guess I'm writing a novel. Yeah, that's awesome. I was just like, I could think of no other way to really start it and explore it without just being like, yep, novel it is. Yeah. And it, it kind of makes me think of what we're talking about because like once, it's been a long time since I actually wrote, like in college. But once I started writing it, I was like, oh, this is just a fictional character that has to move through the world like I do. So it literally is just like, it's kind of got like a sci-fi premise not to get into it at all but the actual novel is just like this character's lived experience of life so it's like the tension of waiting for an elevator and yeah and like the feeling of the the coffee at his shitty job you know and like and like stuff like that and i was like oh i've been preparing for this in a way because when i was 23 i was like i don't know what i'm gonna write a novel about like fuck me i'm just some suburban idiot dude without even a unique point of view so yeah now i'm a 38 year old fuck up yeah, that's the mindset you got to have, man. Just <laughs> self-hatred. It'll fuel you for sure. But this, that's the thing, though, is like, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm like shitting on every movie that's ever come out ever. But it's like, I, I, I feel like it's important to have that, you know, in a healthy aspect. It's important to have that mindset towards like what you're creating, too, if you want it to be really good. Yeah. Like, what, yeah, like yeah. I'm sitting here, I'm writing the screenplay right now, and it's like, there are days I read it, and I'm like, this is all absolute trash. This sucks. This yeah totally blows um i would be embarrassed if anyone and then you kind of like go in and you're like all right well that's not uh the worst problem to have <laughs> yeah let's fix it then you know like that it's it's good to come from that place like, like when you're making something i feel like it's almost like i'm trying to shed this instinct from years of stand-up of like if anything's even remotely like humorous or like references a common saying or something i'm like oh well this character i can't just do that like this character's got to say some step C even cleverer version of it and then I read it and I'm like these aren't how human beings talk yeah yeah <laughs> like not every character has to be like a Tarantino knockoff where they're like right? zippity doo da Jones I got a Jones in for the yeah like it's some like people you, you start to read it it's all quips and you're like this sucks how do we let Joss Whedon make a million dollars yeah 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 <laughs> just with characters that are like yeah Joss Whedon every character is Chandler from Friends basically like okay so no one told me about the vampire thingies it's you know all, like, it's all chandler's like so that happened it sure did happen yeah. <laughs> happened is what it did oh, yeah shoot me in the head i hate how like every like superhero movie now or like you know star wars or whatever like even they can't just own what they are yeah there has yeah, to yeah. be some character like okay so the chewbacca guy is gonna call the shots That's like, in like the, the last one we're like they fly now they fly now shut yeah. up yeah you got like 
You guys live Emotional in Star Wars. Beings. Yeah. You live here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You live in Star Wars. You're not us. We're us and we're watching, you know. That's that's the one thing. So I'm writing a thing for the first time that it doesn't have to be funny. And right. it is so fucking freeing. Oh, totally. Because I'm just like, not everyone's like a self-aware piece of shit all the time. Dude, yes. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah, like just own it. I, I wish uh I like it when like weird things movies or sci-fi movies or whatever an original premise just like owns what it is yeah like the the everywhere every i, I hate that I, I love that movie that the title bums me out but it's a bummer, yeah. yeah yeah that's a good example of just like this is what it is these are the rules it's weird i didn't like love that movie i, I really enjoyed it there's yeah. some stuff i like you said like all right if i was doing this maybe i would have done yeah. this but it's great when they're just like, this is the premise. It's fucking weird. That's, Hop that's, on or don't. I think it's where it's like it had a sort of sense of humor that didn't exactly match my own. Right. But it was very committed to it. And I like loved it for what it was wanted to, you know. Totally. I was like, this isn't perfect, but make more of this. Yeah. This is absolutely the right direction. Yeah. Another, yeah. I, I don't know if you saw X. X is another movie like that. Why did not? What's it's the, like the. X? Oh, X is like, it's like very much an homage to like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of storyline where, but it's a porn shoot instead of just a bunch oh, of people okay. going yeah, and yeah. hanging out. And they're like the people that own the house. I heard yeah. about, I read about it. Yeah. It's, it was such a cool twist on like kind of a familiar story. Um, but it, it, that, that was maybe my favorite movie of, of the year so far. Cause it never, it was an homage without ever doing that sar sarcastic eye rolly thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it mm -hmm. was just like, this is a schlocky movie. It's a B movie. It was shot that way you know enjoy it or don't but like this is what it is and yeah it just had that energy from the jump and maybe that's why i'm obsessed with like 90s movies over any other decade is because oh, that's yeah. like yeah, it's yeah. like even forrest gump like people love to shit on that now that's a fun take so it's not a perfect movie yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might even be bad but hey it's like it's like here's the premise and they never at once at any point are like Okay, so the special guy's gonna meet. You know, he's right. gonna be good at ping pong all Exa of a sudden, <laughs> right? There's, yeah, there's there's not just like one dude that's always in the background. Like, isn't this the guy from that other movie? Yeah, yeah, thing? yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we know that's the yeah, yeah. premise of the story. Right. You don't have to call attention to it. Uh, the dude from Splash looks different. <laughs> you know, there's no, there's no like maybe Lieutenant Dan's kind of like that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. I Chihuahua. <laughs> is that well, I mean, like, how have you found that writing a screenplay then? Because I feel like your stand-up material is something that never comes across as like arch in the same way as we're discussing. You know what I mean? Oh, like uh like like it it could connects the dots through like it there's like a th running theme or something. I just I just feel like you're always speaking as yourself and oh, never yeah. Never, you know, I've, and it's not like this is a bad thing, but a lot of stand-up has a sort of, like, meta-commentary as it's going along. Right. Sort of like, oh, well, fuck us anyway, folks, you know? Like, yeah. Well, uh, it's kind of like you said, it's, like, so fun to hop out of that yeah. a little bit that yeah, I yeah. that once I'm out of it, I'm like, I just go full throttle. I'm like, oh, man, let's just be genuine about this uh, and, like... Let's make people cry. Feel, all right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I would say what I'm writing now, I'm like, I want it to be funny, too, but, like... Yeah, it's freeing to uh, to work in a space where it doesn't have to be, you know, yeah. where where it's like, that's not the main priority here. Like the main priority is like, for me, it's like making uh, characters that are interesting. Yeah. And again, like I, I haven't quite nailed that yet, but like <laughs> the pursuit of it is really fun. And I, I the more I work on it, the more I realize like, 
oh, if you make characters that are all unique from each other, yeah. they all have like these unique sets of traits, and then you all th you throw them into a situation together, and if you always keep what is real in mind all the time when you're like writing the next plot point or whatever, like what would really happen with this person? Yeah. Who is this person? Like, yeah. it's not me. It's not who I am. It's like, this is like a different person. That's yeah. That's like, it is really fun to like think of things in that way. And that's something, yeah, you can't do it in stand up that much. Well, and like, I think it's also, cause I spent a lot of years just kind of talking about ideas without starting to write anything. Yeah. And until you meet characters and stuff like this, you you have no idea what's going to happen or what they're going to say. Yeah. So it's it's all well and good to be like, well, here's kind of like the premise and what I want the plot to do yeah. and kind of like the broader synopsis, but like I don't until you write, you don't have a clue what the texture of the thing yeah. in your head is. Which is like daunting. Yeah. I've I've always wanted to do any kind of screenplay writing. Mm -hmm. Like since I started stand up, like when I was even before stand up when I was like 18, 19, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I could never do it cuz I was like scared for some reason, <laughs> which is so funny to think about it's just like scary. sitting on a computer and just typing whatever, but like Yeah. Now that I've like finally cracked into it, I'm like this is like fun. It's fun. It's really fun. And it's like not scary at all. I mean, fucking stand up is scary. That's like getting up in front of people and like you have to put the idea, it, you know, I, I don't think of it that way anymore, but yeah. like yeah. But the the base texture of what it is, like yeah. crazy. Like you're going up there and you're just throwing an idea out there and letting it marinate and like you can't, you can't edit in real time. I mean, you got to like be quick and, and on your toes and it, when you're doing something where you can just kind of be by yourself and like kind of just like be patient and like mm -hmm. try and make it the thing you want and yeah it's uh it's meditative it's, it's fucking fun it's cathartic yeah. it's uh it's like therapeutic kind of like you know if i go through you know the story i'm working on right now like you know if i go through something hard in my life or something that like bums me out yeah you know i can i can use what i'm working on to like kind of work through that almost you're like all right well i got a scene here where that's supposed to be sad or supposed to be dark yeah take the fucking your mind space right now and try and inject it into that in some way so which i'm I'm basically right now just describing art of any kind <laughs> which i know is like I, i'm like describing a very basic thing that anyone knows I feel, I feel like there's a way because i've been comparing it directly a lot because i studied writing and felt like i had nothing to say and certain on on some level, because like the idea when I was out of just out of college of like oh, I'm gonna like like write short stories or something and and like send those off and get rejection letters yeah. and like terrified of that early open mics also terrifying in an experiential way, but in terms of like some sort of existential what I'm putting forward, it stays right here with me. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're on stage, it's live. You're like, here's my thing. Oh, you don't like it? Well. I wasn't trying that hard. Joke's on you. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but to be like, here I am, this is something I've written, and even to just like show it to a friend or something is um, somehow much, a much bigger like piece of my heart that I now feel like I'm finally ready for. Yeah. 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 It's and, um... and then the sort of running with weights on effect of trying to be funny for like decades <laughs> makes, I think... Not to generalize, but most other kind of kinds of art are just like all I have to do is be true to this emotional space or like feeling I want to generate. Yeah. So like to just it's very freeing to just write and be like this 
it can be therapeutic for my actual life. It can be the way I see the world and what other people think about it. Yeah. Even if it's fiction, you know, you're just like, you're just like telling people what the inside of your head is like. Right. Totally. And it's, 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 it's kind of one of those things. Like I, I saw an interview with like Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, the ultimate pretentious director drop. Uh, I already brought up there will be blood. So big, big fan, big fan. He's great. Um, Kind of dwindled in recent years, but uh, <laughs> that's that's my own opinion. What are you not a fan of? What are you saying? Oh, I wasn't li- a huge licorice pizza licorice guy. Pizza, yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, look, that's that's besides the point. He's obviously a genius. I feel like, you know? like licorice pizza was like by the time you're just this. I'm a huge fan of him. He's great, and uh, I feel like it's just it's so well made at this point that it's like I can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. Like, I only watch it once in theater, so I want to see it again and be like, oh, that shot or this yeah. or that or the other. Because to just come away with the story, you're like, yeah, it was a little lighter than yeah. most of his shit. Dwindled is not the right word. It's yeah. more he just does exactly whatever the fuck he wants to do now. Yeah. And he, it's, he like, kind of doesn't. It, Licorice Pizza felt like the most, like, I don't fucking care what you think of this. This is, like, what I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you watch his earlier stuff, and it's so try hard kind of and not not in a negative way it's like yeah. i want to make a masterpiece and that yeah. resonates with me a little I, bit more. I also think i have a certain sort of chip in my weird brain of like when i was 23 i was like i can't be a novelist yet all i'd be writing about is my dumb childhood yeah and then i see like that which is really well done yeah or like to read like jeffrey eugenity's virgin suicides i get mad i'm like i could have done that right yeah oh the angst of suburbia fuck Wait. Yeah. Wait, you mean there's multiple versions of that? So you mean like, like you mean like everyone's life experience is valid and I could have written about mine? Yeah. Fuck you. Damn it. I haven't just been sitting in a room in a chair for years. You said a PTA interview. Oh, okay, yeah. So he anyways, he yeah, he was being interviewed and he said something about like how like the scariest part of like writing when he like writes a script, like the scariest part is when he you have to like let it go like you finish it like the scariest part is when you finish it yes yeah you know and i was like that was so interesting to hear and it like that now that i'm kind of working on stuff it makes way more sense where i'm like in in context because i'm like yeah when you're working on it you can always change it you can always adjust at some point you have to just finish it Mm -hmm. and it is what it is and then you just like let it go you just like all right take it and, uh, and analyze it and that's the product and it's and it made me think about it kind of makes me look at the the act of like creating something uh, in a much better light, like a much more optimistic way. It feels yeah. more freeing because yeah. it's just like you can just sit down, figure out what you're doing in real time, and you can adjust. And that is like the most fun part of it to me. So that's exciting, man. Yeah, man. You know, that's uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I've, I've embraced like just being a, I'm writing a screenplay guy. You know, I'm not like embarrassed by it anymore. You go to, you go to coffee shops? I'm, I go to coffee shops. Yeah. I sit down, I write my screenplay. I don't even give a shit. There's people behind me. I don't care if they see it. I'm like, see yeah. The, see this like screenplay like Yeah, yeah. Stuff, you're like, yeah. They uh. see me like do the thing where I stop and like think. I'm like, hmm. You know, <laughs> like, I stop writing. <laughs> Laugh to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Course, <laughs> you know, around like I just figured this yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Another chai latte, please. Yeah, of <laughs> course, that's what you would say in this situation. Yeah, so, and that you got to just do that sometimes when you're making something. Just embrace it. Like, yeah, I'm fucking doing a thing, and yeah, whatever. Maybe it's a stereotype, but it's fun. That's exciting, man. Yeah, thanks, you man. Know? But uh, yeah, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna really dig into this thing. Like, maybe just take a couple of years to actually write a novel. Do it, man. I will say, like. 
doing the screenplay thing, it's been so it's for mental health. It's been awesome. Yeah. It is like genuinely mm-hmm. the, all of the anxiety and, and not to knock stand up at all. Cause it's a, just a different animal, yeah. but like yeah, it, yeah. it's performance. You know what I mean? All the anxiety of stand up, like all that feeling of just like, Ooh, how's it going to go? Yeah. To, you know, you can't expect the worst. Go in just <laughs> yeah, gloves on. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a yeah. rock fight out there. Like none of that exists. It's just like, oh, man, this is fun. I enjoy doing it. No one's making me do it. I want to do it. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's like, and especially as you build momentum and a thing like that. Yeah. It offers a sort of immersiveness that stand up can't, you know. Right. Because it's, it's very immediate and adrenaline rush. Yeah. yeah and, and as you said, like, I'm, it's. Apples and oranges. Like, I don't think I could write a novel if I didn't have my show to do every Friday. <laughs> yeah. Because I need that too. Yeah. I'm very selfish. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, who was a, I think it was John Mulaney had a great quote about how, like, if you do stand up first, like, if that's the first mm-hmm. media or art form, whatever you want to call it, that you do, it's like doing, it's like starting uh, a fitness journey by doing deadlifts. It's like yeah. you, it, and like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it made me feel good as a stand-up. I'm like, yeah, I am better we at all these other guys. guys. Yes. I am smarter, you know, but. We did, we do come at it from the most pure mathematical right. sense of here's my art in the immediate right. now. Yeah, but that's inspiring and like, Please I don't know. judge it right to my face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But that's like, I, I say that to my friends too who are comics who are like thinking about starting something or even people who aren't comics, but yeah. just like especially stand-ups. It's like, you if you're even kind of good at this, like you're fucking awesome. Like you have a, like a, you have an interesting brain, you're creative and like that, that is what makes you a good stand-up. It's not being funny. I mean, yeah. like it is in a way, but it's like, it's the way that you're able to perceive things yeah, and then the balls to actually talk about it. It's like, you're good to go. If you got a thing you want to work on, fucking do it. You're just writing a monologue. It's, yeah, and it's, I think it's like a many other things and it's almost took the longest to make this realization about, but like we were saying about the contest, the experience of doing it is actually the best part. Yeah. Or like even it, you know, I had COVID. It took me a month to get back to this. And I was getting so frustrated. Like uh, I had to cancel, you had to cancel, uh, a couple other people. In mm-hmm. the, I was just like, is there a conspiracy right now? Yeah. By the time I had car trouble on Monday, I was like, what is happening? And I, kn- I know this is like another two podcast episodes aren't going to launch me to the stratosphere. I just like to do it. Yeah. It's fun to talk about creativity with other people. Absolutely, dude. And I'll say this. I was, you know, I totally understood, but I was very excited to do this podcast. I was like, I want to talk shop. It's fun. Um, We really got in the weeds here. We got in the weeds, man, but you you brought it full circle with the contest thing. It's like a Tower of Babel. That's how you know you're ready to write a novel, man. Uh, (laughs) And I hope that I'm in it winning the contest. Dude, that's, that's like, because especially, I feel like the way my dumb brain works is like we're talking about all these like these content questions of like can people even pay attention to stuff anymore and i'm like yeah i'm just i'm writing like a real clipped sort of vonnegut thought to thought to thought thing but i think if i just keep at it it can build up into something where then i'm just making all these references Mm -hmm. so it's very very like a stand-up act where you're just like aha surprise yeah you can't even get a hold of the tone of this thing totally yeah yeah all, all the tools like all the tools, you got them. You yep. already got them. Like yeah. that's the thing is is. But you have to to get finish an earlier thing is you have to want to write it. Yeah. You have to enjoy the writing, or you're not going to do it. You have to sit down yeah. and just do it. That's like the hardest part. 
That's the hardest part of anything. That's the hardest part of like non-stand. Yeah. That's the hardest part of like going to a party. It's not yeah. getting to the party yeah, and talking to people. That's like a relief. You're like, all right, I'm here. Yeah. It's the fucking putting pants on and like yeah. brushing your teeth and it's getting like, your it's car. Like walking <laughs> up and not knowing how hard you knocked on the door. It's all or of like that shit. If there's a bell or what, ugh, just right. being a fucking human being. And then you walk, and then the next day you're like, I'm glad I went to that party where I embarrassed myself, but who right. cares? It was fun. Thanks for dragging me there, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, right before you went up, just to tie us off, or you said something to yourself, where you're, you're like trying to get your set. They're like, "Come on, Murphy! Like, you're doing." Oh, this. in the green room. Yeah, like yeah. you're like you're doing this voluntarily or something. Oh yeah, I was trying. I was looking at my set. I mean, I've just been in like a weird headspace with like confidence and stand up lately. Mm. Like, I've just haven't been having like a lot of great sets, and it's just like a thing of like I haven't had like my game face or i don't know what it is like yeah. i and and i was literally looking i was like looking at my set and like i i was trying to memorize it and i had this weird thing where like none of the words meant anything like <laughs> oh, no. I, like that's yeah. how unenthused about the jokes i was about to do where i was just like what is even who fucking and so yeah i had a little I didn't even, I think after I said it, I realized I said it out loud, but it was a very vulnerable moment in the midst of all the comics hanging out. Yeah. Where I was just like, come on, Murphy, you, you fucking chose to do this. Yeah, you chose this was to a do choice. This. Yeah. <laughs> and I, that's genuinely the only thing I can really tell myself sometimes. Yeah. It's like, this is a choice. You chose to do it. Just fucking do it. Yeah. You know, that's it's basically that's, a Gatorade commercial. But there's yeah. always that moment of panic that I got to quell when I get up there. Like, who did this to me? It was me. Oh, right. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'm, I walked all the way up here. I remember it now. Yeah. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, when uh, you got any shows coming up to plug? We should wrap this up here. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, I have... Um, um, this is probably coming out like Saturday. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. Uh, yeah, so I have um, me and Avery Moore, uh, super funny local comic. Um, we are doing a show called The Joke of Painting, which has been going for a while, but we have a new venue. Regular show. Yeah, we, yeah. we have a new venue coming up, uh, The Sunset Room. Um, that'll be on July 18th at, eight, uh, I'm sorry, 9, 9 p.m. Um, it is a super fun show. Uh, you basically have, you got the funniest comics in town going up. And we do a little parody of the joy of painting with Bob Ross. Mm -hmm. They'll go up, they'll they'll tell their jokes or they'll tell a story or whatever. They usually just end up drawing like a dick or something. But yeah. it, it's about the experience, and you as the audience can follow along. So come out to that. That's it. Um, it's a really fun show. Yeah, thanks, man. And we want to. Uh, so the plan is like we'll do a few there if they go successful. That hopefully can be our new residency. We're just always that that'll yeah. be our new venue. So. Yeah, yeah. We'd obviously love to have you on uh, as we get going, but that, I did it once, and it was I just kind of improvised based on what I was drawing looked like. Yeah, and it slowly revealed itself. So it's one of the true, like, fully improvised sets I've ever done. It was a lot yeah. of fun. That's good, man. Some people do that show and they never want to do it again, and I totally understand. But then sometimes <laughs> people do it and they're like, oh, I learned something new about myself. You know, right. uh, that's that's what we're going for. And is the uh, the hot tank Olympics still? Yeah, we have the next one on uh, July twenty third. Uh, I'm sorry, July 22nd is, is uh, yeah, that's a Friday. It's a Friday and it's a, yeah, great outdoor comedy show at Hotel Vegas. Hotel Vegas. Super fun. And where can people follow you on social media? Oh, uh, you know, shut up Murphy. Uh, I think it's shut up underscore Murphy on Instagram and then, well, I would say Twitter, but I haven't been on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter anymore, but yeah. you can go look at my old tweets, uh, which is just at shut up Murphy. One word on Twitter. Yeah. 
That's uh, that's become the tradition on the show here. Is I'm just like, which one do you use? Because yeah. like, I'd hate to tell people one that I'm just never going to post on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Instagram's the one to go. You yeah. can look at some old topical jokes on Twitter if you're feeling super bored. Yeah, yeah, just scroll back. Yeah, yeah. Just look at his likes and see where his head was at. It's it was never in a good place. No. Spoiler alert. <laughs> if you want to uh, if you want to be bummed out, look at my Twitter. <laughs> folks, you can reach the podcast. It's sincere at gmail.com. I'm a Duncan Carson on social things and. Sure thing is every Friday night here at the Fallout Theater at 9.30. Tickets always on sale. I'm also headlining the Valve September 9th and 10th, so maybe come to that. Or live your life. I don't care. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, folks. I'll see you next time. Thanks again, Andrew Murphy. Uh, You're very funny. Oh, thanks, buddy. It's uh, good to see you. It's good to talk to you. We should hang out and just talk art more. Absolutely, man. That was very exciting.